This growth-driven conversation is brought to you by Aurobear, the growth-fast, growing growth marketing company that helps marketing and product teams run growth marketing faster and better. With the mission to help more Nordic companies and startup growth fast, Aurobear provides a startup plan and a learning center dedicated to Nordic startups. Hello, you're tuning into the Nordic Growth Show, a podcast about entrepreneurs sharing their stories and growth hacking tips from Finland startup scene. Today, we have the honor of having Mikhail from Interactive Ads AI and Lidu as our special guest. He'll be sharing with us his journey as a founder of multiple companies in the Nordic area. I am very excited to learn more about what he's had to share with us with his plethora of experiences working in the startup world today. Hi, Mikhail. How are you? Hi, Jessica. Thank you. I'm, I'm doing fine. How about you? Great. We are so honored and excited to have you on our podcast today. Um, just to start off our episode, we'd love to see if you can introduce yourself and the companies you founded. Yeah, so my name is Mikael de Costa. I'm uh, 28 years old. I've been working in a, on the startup scene basically whole my career. Everything that I've done has been related somehow to digital business and, and digital marketing. And the company that we founded called Interactive Ads, which was later changed or rebranded to Lidu, was founded uh, October, or sorry, uh, September 2018. And, and since then, we have been able to grow to over 300 clients with over 100,000 euros in MRR. So the growth has been pretty good. Wow, that's and, amazing. Um, and you just started judging, uh, judging the date of when it's founded since right now we're recording in May of 2019. And since you founded, like what is the, what is the difference between Interactive Ads AI and Lidu? Well, basically we are the same company. In, uh, the company was first founded as Interactive Ads and I thought that it would be a good name. But uh, during December 2018, we, we were approaching uh, our current marketing executive, Santu Kotila, and, and Santu agreed to join us if he was allowed to change the name because he said that the name was somehow misleading. And, and nowadays, I kind of agree because we, don't, we aren't really in the ad business what the, the name kind of referred to. We are instead helping our customer generate more leads. Yes, and I believe that Lidu is the one that you're more focused on with yes. lead generation and the bots. Um, yes. Can you share more about like the inspiration behind your company? What got you into your business today? Yes, so I was working before, before Lidu in a company called Jobilla, which is a company helping... Uh, helping um, other companies recruit talent through digital marketing and, and uh, basically somehow let's call it inbound recruitment. And what we found out was that many companies were investing a lot of money in employer branding and, and trying to generate uh, better applications throughout content. And what I found out by searching or digging deep to our customer analytics was that the conversions were really low. And what I I understood immediately was that the problem with the conversions is actually that nothing on the con content is actually trying to convert people into or to applicants. And then looking backwards into my personal career, I had done a lot of content marketing and we had basically had the same dilemma what 
what was happening on the employer branding field that a lot of people were uh, were driven to the website with content marketing but no one was trying really to take gap of those people and what we wanted to do was to bring different type of conver- conversational elements within the content allowing the company to actually be in a dialogue with the user instead of just being a monologue what what content marketing usually is about the reason why lead actually works is that websites typically have two type of visitors they have active buyers and then they have passive buyers active ones are usually the ones coming through google ads and and already have made the purchasing decision that they need to buy the service that the company or or the service provider is providing but a lot of website visitors let's call them that 90% of the website visitors are passive so they are people who have been driven to the site from social media with content marketing with email marketing and the biggest question and and the problem that we are trying to solve is how can you convert these passive visitors into active leads and that's what lead do actually does we don't even see ourselves that we help companies generate more leads instead we see that we help companies activate passive visitors that by themselves and by activating then become leads to the company right has this mentality been the reason why you've grown your why you've been able to grow your company so quickly well i think that there's uh, there's three reasons behind for our success number one is that the product actually works uh, we have uh, clear results that our solution boosts customers lead generation capabilities from 30 to 200% in average depending of course who's the customers but then again the calculating if we can double the clients lead generation rate if they spend let's call it now 500 euros a month in marketing we are already profitable for the customer so it's all about the budget how much money the customers are investing in marketing if we boost it by 50% the customers immediately understand that the ROI is great they should invest on us and the second thing what what we do compared to many other SaaS companies that we don't just sell software we sell a solution to companies and our solution is combined from the software of course but we also bring the service aspect since we have built over 20,000 bots to our customers we know pretty well what works and what doesn't and the reason behind if something doesn't work how to fix it so that makes sure that every single one of our customers is satisfied and the number 3 is that customer or we have always been extremely customer centric when we started the company we were speaking with our sales director what's the goal of the company and the, our sales director was popping out numbers that let's get 1000 customers and and i told him that our goal is not to get 1000 customers our goal is to have a 10/10 customer satisfaction because when you have satisfied customers the word of mouth goes on and we will have the 1000 customers but we want everyone to be happy so we are going to extra mile even two extra miles for each of our clients and looking at the statistics for example last december over 30% of our companies that that signed up with leadu were through customer referrals which is an extremely high number because we are not paying anything for advertising 
we were just having our existing customers who had been taken care of telling their friends that they should use our service. Mm. And I believe that uh, Lidu is, of course, uh, based in Finland, as well as many other startups that we'll be interviewing uh, on our podcast. And um, uh, in addition to the opportunities and benefits you've mentioned, like, are there other opportunities and benefits and challenges you found as a startup entrepreneur in Finland? Well, I think... It doesn't depend on the place where you're located. The, the struggles and challenges that you face are pretty much always the same when working on the digital space. You always have a shortage of talent. Every time, it doesn't matter if you're in Berlin or Helsinki or New York, all the best talents are always hired by someone else. So the question is that how can you make them leave their current job and, and come to work to you? How do you sell the vision that you're you're doing something remarkable that they they want to be a part of? The second thing is about funding. So we have in Finland uh, Business Finland, which is a is great to get funding from, but mm-hmm. funding is of course hard to get. I've been trying to raise funding in my other ventures for for the past ten years, and and haven't been able to get any VCs involved. And now compared to with Lidu. We are getting uh, requests from VCs every single week to, to meet up with us and, and get involved with us. So the growth and, and the possibilities are also the same in Finland and than in the other countries. So I don't, from my point of view, I don't see major differences in Finland and, and other countries. Yeah, I'm so glad that you brought up funding as a challenge because it's definitely the big question that all startup entrepreneurs have. Uh, money is definitely like on the forefront, especially when you're trying to launch something that's innovative and that's never done before or like rarely done before. And I'm wondering if uh, you would like to share with us more on like your experiences with funding. Like, um, did you go down the bootstrapping route, or were you funded by VCs? Um, like, how do you pitch to venture capitalists in Finland if you had gone down that route, or um, otherwise? Like, do you have any advice on making a successful? Well, in pitch? in one one of my previous ventures, we had business angels involved, and and uh, since then. Even we have had business angels wanting to join in, we have declined uh, everyone from from the company since I don't see the uh, or I don't see in the big picture the value if they if they bring only money to the table. Uh, we have basically Lidu at itself. Uh, we were bootstrapped. I invested quite significant amount of money to the business myself. We also took a loan last September because we were running out of capital, which we then paid in, in November. And uh, the whole loan was uh, fully backed by myself. And then wow. in January, we took uh, a small investment round by the, the key players in our team. So all the all the key roles in our company are, are people are now shareholders in the company and they also invested I would say a significant amount of money, not because the company needed cash, but because we wanted them to be committed and, and for them to have an upside as well. So we have been in in uh, in Lidu very open for our employees to buy shares and, and make investments 
because mm -hmm. we see the value of them being committed and we all being on the same boat and, and changing the mentality from being an employee to being a partner in the company. Yeah, that's great. Um, does sound like you're trying to get everybody engaged and incorporated in your company. Um, everybody, it sounds like everybody is very committed and um, they care a lot about the progress of Lido. Um, and just turning the tables here, like I know that Lido is um, one big project of yours, but you've also had a history of other um, projects in the past. How yep. is a serial entrepreneur's life like for you? <laughs> well, it's it's like I don't remember where I saw it. That it's basically like um, at the same as a baby. So you wake up every two hours in the nighttime and cry. <laughs> But, well, not really. It, it just requires a lot of effort. You need to be willing to work your ass off. So basically the mentality to work from nine to five, we basically work from start to finish and we don't look at the hours. And, and looking at basically the past three weeks of, of Lee Do, it's, I've never worked so much. I've literally worked 18 hours a day, seven days a week sleeping five to six hours and basically you need to have the whole family committed into it because it requires a lot i have two small children one of two years and and another one of three and and basically i have my my own grandmother coming to our place for three days to watch out of the kids having my mom my spouse's mom looking after the kids so we have this full support that I can actually commit myself in, in growing Lidu into international success. Right, and support is definitely very important. And I'm glad to hear that you have like a lot of support coming from your personal circles, from your family and friends. Uh, another um, topic I wanted to highlight is uh, team building. And like you've mentioned before about how team at Lido is very invested in your company. Like, do you have any tips on building the perfect team or the right team? And how do you get them to join your company and trust the product and vision of Lido? Well, again, I think that there's a couple of principles and in how we do it. In, in my previous venture, we have been basically bootstrapping with a bunch of friends that kind of fit their roles. But with Lido, what I wanted was to have the best possible people on, on each role. So we are actually able to reach those goals that are quite ambitious. But uh, how, how I look my, or personally at team building is that you don't even need the right people. You need to have the people, right people who share the same culture as you do and the same values. Because if you go and ask any of our, of our team members, they will say that few things that combine or what makes Lido a family is that we really care about our people. Most people say it, but we actually, we, we live by it. So every single one of our team knows that I would die for them. And, and, and it means for me that whatever they need at any specific time of the day, they can call me that if there's anything in my power that I can do for them and, and to help them out, they can trust on me 100%. The, the second thing is that we, we look at leadership in a different way than many other companies. We feel that every single day 
as leaders, we need to deserve our position and we need to show leadership throughout the day with every single action that we do. So we feel, or our management feels that we need to deserve the leadership and people want to, to follow us, not because they have to, but because they want to. And, and that's extremely important to have a, a common goal that people see and that they have a leader that they really want to follow whatever happens on the way because startups always have up and downs and and that's normal you will ever in every single startup you will have problems the question is that do you trust the leadership that they will resolve the problems and not focus too much time on the problem more time on on the on the solution and and the third number is or the third point, what I've seen on the team building is that you need to have extremely clear roles for everyone. So every single one needs to know what they are supposed to do and basically know that they are appreciated for, for achieving that goal. And that's something that we have, in my opinion, goals and, and common goal. Yeah, I think that this is um, an, an unexpected answer. Um, I wasn't expecting you to answer that way, actually, just because maybe I had a preconception of what the corporate startup would be like. But um, yeah, you definitely shared a more humanizing um, like perspective on what team culture could be like and how, you know, it's it sounds like it's, they're basically like your second family at your workplace. <laughs> it is, and, and, and looking back, because I think that in many times, everything is built upside down. You first try to recruit the people, and then you try to build the culture around it. We have done the opposite. We built the culture, what we wanted the, the, the business to look like, and how we wanted the team to look like. And once you build this kind of culture, people actually want to come to you instead of you needing to go after them. So that's something that I think that every single company should do first, create the circumstances that everyone wants to be a part of. So you won't need to go after the people in, in the traditional way. Hmm. And um, during these difficult, challenging times, um, as a founder, like how did you um, have your team go through uh, all these adversities um, that you're, you've mentioned, you know, that every startup has had to go through? Well, there's a couple of things. I don't know if they should be said out loud, but, uh, well, the company is decently new, but we have to uh, uh, taken basically from our employees' perspective, their families involved as well. So when we recruited in January, the first team, so we have, just to give you an idea, in December, we were five people. Now we are 29. So the growth has been pretty wow. significant mm -hmm. in, in six months. So we are getting like five new people a month. But what we did yeah. in February, when we had had the first team, so we were like 20 people at the time, or like 18 people at the time, we organized a, a, an ex extremely like um, nice dinner for all our employees. And we asked them to invite their families as well. So everyone came with the family. So we took them involved as well. I spoke on the event for everyone. I told about the vision that uh, the company had, what were the upsides, what are the downsides, what will it require? I told everyone it won't be easy, 
we need everyone's support. So kind of winning the family from, from all the employees back as well. So if, if, if their husband or wife works long days sometimes, the, the, the family also understands what's, what's the cause and purpose behind. And, and we took that from, from that point of view, the family also understanding the vision. After that, two weeks after that, we took the whole team to a culture trip to, to Vilnius. So we traveled together, we, we had great time together, we spoke about the values, we spoke about the vision, we broke up um, all, all the purposes and, and everything with the whole team. So everyone kind of understood the, or basically let's say it like this, everyone took down the social mask, so no one needs to play something that they are not. When you're three days, or two nights, three days with someone and, and uh, get a bit drunk and, and have fun, you, you can be yourself. So we now know each other, not only on a work level, but also on a personal level. And everyone also became more like close to each other, which then helps on the, on the daily work to, to basically maximize results when working with one another. And that kind of stuff we organize like monthly. We, we, we try to have everyone basically to work. Well, I don't know if you saw the Finnish team now winning the world championship. We had no NHL players. We beat Russia, Sweden and, and Canada, which on the paper were much better teams than the Finnish team. But the Finnish team worked basically, they, they were, worked as one. And that's the same what we want our team to look like. So what they cannot co uh, copy is our culture, our, our team, and the way how we work and how we treat our clients, because that's unique. Yeah, it's definitely unique how you uh, maintain that team environment. I hear that it's not as common in Finnish working culture to have such a close-knit relationship with your colleagues. Like uh, people, in Finland tend to separate their work life from their personal life. Uh, correct me if I'm wrong. No, you're, you're right. But in a way, if I put the question up, upside down, you spend eight hours in minimum a day in work. Why shouldn't you have one life where they are combined? Yeah, yeah, that's true. And, and you're able to do that with ice hockey as well, which is huge. <laughs> Um, so moving on to our next question here. Did you always know that you were going to have your own business one day? Um, I know that you've had like, again, a long history of starting up ventures yourself, but um, was it something that you just knew? Well, I, I'm not entirely sure. It's, it's a good, uh, maybe my mom could answer better than my father, but uh, there's a couple of things that kind of changed in a way my life. When I was 16, I actually wasn't able to get a summer job, what all my friends were able to do. And, and especially in the autumn, I, I wanted to buy a motorcycle and, and my parents wouldn't buy me one. So I kind of had to figure out my own way to get the money to that. And it was a sudden accident that um, our neighbor, who was an older lady, she asked me and, and my best friend at the time to, how do you say, remove the leaves from the grass and uh, and and that's that's what we did with my friend and and got paid for it 
And at the time, I thought that, okay, if I get paid so easily, I bet that there's more people who, who need this type of service as well. And, and what me and my friend, friend did was that we designed brochures at the time in paint and printed out 500 uh, brochures and took out the, the people, people's um, post boxes. And, and we were getting a lot of calls, people asking to, from us to, to take care of their garden. And, and we, me and my friend, we earned in a month like net cash, like 3,500 years. So you kind of understood in the early age that my friends were working 10 years an hour in, in a store or something and I was getting like 30 or 40 euros an hour. It was like an eye-opener that, okay, this is pretty cool. I can basically take the risk but get a bigger reward as well. And, and mm-hmm. since that, that time, I kind of knew that, okay, entrepreneurship could be quite cool. And at 17, I wanted to, to join a company to learn more about sales and, and this kind of stuff. And, and I couldn't get the job at 17 in, in B2B sales. So what I did, I, was, I sent out... Um, job applications telling that I would come to work for free. I just want them to teach me. And uh, I was accepted by a company at the time called Finansimaailma and uh, ended up working there for a year, but only one month for free. But that was how I basically got my my feet in, uh, like, um, how do you say in English? In Finnish is that you get the feet uh, within the, uh, the door. So you get to show your talent and, and to, to work mm-hmm. out. So I was always willing to work extremely hard to achieve stuff that looked impossible. It kind of gave you the perspective that anything can be achieved. If you are just willing to sacrifice, I was willing to sacrifice one month's pay. That was fine for them to teach me and then to work really hard to learn the stuff necessary that you can succeed. Yeah, um, that's... Um, I see that you have a lot of passion uh, since the start, and this is actually a good leeway to um, the next topic that I'd like to ask you about. And it seems like you published a book yes. called Startup Warrior. Yes, uh, that's true. It? And uh, what kinds of impact did you hope to leave with a book like that? Well, the whole story behind the book is, is quite funny. So um, at the time, we were still working in Yobila, and and we had a, a Estonian salesman and he was actually writing a book and he was telling over lunch that it's so hard to write a book that he has been writing it for 10 months and, and there's so much to do. And I was like, okay, sounds interesting. And I told him to bring me the book after he finishes and, and he brought me the book and it was like 80 pages long. And I was like, you spend a year to write 80 pages. And then he started explaining that it takes so much time and this and that. And, and I have kind of personality that I think that everything can be done fast and well. And, and people always are one of my biggest talents is that I'm extremely effective in doing anything that I start doing. And uh, over lunch, then I, I said that this kind of book I bet that I could write it in two weeks. And then everyone involved there was saying that, yeah, Mikhail, for sure, you can do it for sure. And uh, people mm-hmm. kind of doubted that it would be hard or impossible or, or something like this. And I told them, I won't write it now because now I don't have time because I was working really in the long days. But I, I told that I'm actually going to Portugal uh, with with my wife and, and, and kid that I can do it during the holidays. That maximum two weeks and I'll have the book written. 
and I actually did it in 13 days, but that's another story. But uh, the reason why I wanted to write the book was that there's a lot of people with lots of talent with a lack of courage. And uh, I was looking at my own background, what I would have wanted to, to know or, or what would have helped me out when I was 20 years old starting my first company. And uh, even there's a lot of literature about how to get success and it's more about inspiration, but more like practical stuff to someone who's just starting out. How to have your business idea? How do you build a sales process? How do you basically bootstrap everything? What kind of obstacles do you, do you come into? How do you hire? Uh, what kind of stuff have we gone into and how have we dealt with that? all like practical, taking off all the curtain masks that it's easy or fun or everything, telling the like pure facts of, of what kind of stuff has happened and, and how to deal with it. And, and hopefully someone gets inspiration of it. The book wasn't published in Finland. It was published by a company called Lulu.com. And uh, the book has sold like 3000 copies in, in Amazon, which in the Finnish number or in the Finnish market would be extremely high number, but the reason why it sold so much was that the price was cheap. I wasn't trying to do any profit from it. My goal was only try to help other people like me out. And uh, it was, if someone wrote on Amazon startup and was looking for a book, the book uh, popped out on the, on the first page. So that explained why it sold so much. Mm. Yeah, um, I think that many can appreciate that you wanted to make this book an accessible resource for uh, you know, aspiring startup entrepreneurs right over all over the world um, across the Nordic area. And actually, um, as we're ending or nearing the end of our episode, we would like to hear more from you about some of the specific takeaways you like some of our startup listener, startup entrepreneur listeners to gain. And um, for example, um, if you have any advice on finding B2B clients really fast, it would be great to like hear your take on like the industry or just like business in general. Well, from my point of view, too many companies are, are too afraid. And, and what I mean about it is, is that they kind of want to have the product ready and, and uh, have this or that, but people understand if you're honest to them. And that's something that many people, in my opinion, try to do is to hide stuff and, and, and oversell. We have been in interactive ads or Lido, we have been extremely honest since day one that, that we have just built this product. We know that it will work. Please try it out with us. If you need anything, let us know. So we have been developing the whole business together with our clients and, and not basically in a garage, me having ideas. So just go to the market as soon as you can and, and get as many clients as you can who want to help you. But you also need to be willing to throw your own ideas to the back and listen what your customers have to say. The second thing, what I told earlier was also don't have revenue targets. Target the best customer satisfaction as possible and, and everything comes and we believe uh, the results come through that. And number three is just take care of your people as well as possible. Make them partners. Don't be too selfish yourself 
it's better for you to make, uh, or as I see it, it's, it's much nicer to have rich friends than to be rich only yourself. So that's why we keep giving shares out to all our employees. So we have a common goal and everyone wins. So everyone feels to be part of something bigger than just an employee in the company. Those would be my, my three takeaways if, if someone wanted to follow. That's something that we have done differently and the results have been stunning. Thank you so much, Mikhail, for taking your time out today to sharing your experiences, your advice, um, especially with your history with trying to disrupt the traditional norms of Finnish work culture. I think that's a really admirable feat um, for you and for Lidu. And um, where can we learn more about you and where can we follow you? Well, pretty much at the moment. Previously, I was very active on LinkedIn, but at the moment, I really don't have time. So I've been, it's, it's, it has been hard. And previously, I also went a lot to schools to speak. But at the moment, just shoot me a, a message in LinkedIn or, or email me, Mikael at MikaelDaCosta.com. I'll be happy to connect and, 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 and discuss and meet people, whoever wants to meet. And if, if anyone wants to join Lidu, a company that really cares about you, we are also happy to hear about that. Yeah, and for all you listeners out there who would like to tune in uh, with the Northern Growth Show, keep tuning in on iTunes, SoundCloud, Spotify. We're also accessible on social media. If you follow our bear, we have an account on Facebook, Twitter, and LinkedIn. Um, otherwise, thank you so much today again, uh, Miguel, for joining in. My um, pleasure. Your story is super inspiring for all the startup entrepreneurs that are tuning in today. Thank you. That's a wrap for this episode of the Nordic Growth Show podcast. On behalf of Aurobear team, I'd like to thank you all for joining in with us. Make sure to follow us on Facebook, LinkedIn, Twitter, and Instagram with the handle at Aurobear Growth to know what we're up to. If you have any questions or requests, feel free to contact us via social media as well as email. We'd love to hear from you. So, until next time at the Nordic Growth Show.